0: ComC is your home to buy, sell, and flip all kinds of trading cards. Their consignment marketplace is home to over 31 million cards. From baseball's biggest stars like Shohei Otani, Aaron Judge, and Mookie Betts, to Marvel favorites like Spider Man, Thor, and Captain America, ComC has something for every type of collector. Come visit ComC.com today to build your collection with your favorite cards. You're listening to the Wax Pack Hero Sports Card Minute, a podcast where we discuss both the hobby and business sides of collecting. I'm your host, Mike Summer, and I want to help you buy, sell, and trade your way into a collection you'll love. Last week, I interviewed Junk Wax Heroes for the podcast, and we spent a full episode discussing, in what my opinion, is the best era of trading cards. Yeah. Yeah, I know, junk wax cards aren't worth anything. But the thing is, they are worth something. It's hard to have a conversation with anyone in their 30s or 40s who doesn't have a connection to collecting cards from that era. Memories are worth something. Jordan, Jeter, Griffey, Bonds, Shaq, Barry Sanders. They were in their primes during that era, and collectors are still tracking down their stuff. Their cards are still worth something. The Junk Wax Era was my collecting prime, so I wanted to highlight some of the great cards that were released during that era. I scoured my collection and was able to come up with 10 of my favorite cards from the Junk Wax Era that came out of my collection. They're not necessarily the 10 most valuable, they're not necessarily the 10 most iconic, they're just 10 Junk Wax Era cards that mean something to me and that makes them some of my favorites. First up is the 1989 Upper Deck Ken Griffey Jr. I'm pretty sure there's some kind of rule that you can't talk about the Junk Wax era and not mention the 89 Upper Deck Griffey. This was a card I never had as a kid, but boy did I want it. I had two problems. At a dollar or more a pack, Upper Deck was double the cost of Topps, Donruss, and Fleer at the time. And when I was 12, that was a big deal. Upper Deck and their foil wrappers and holograms were just out of my price range. The other problem was that even if I did a few more chores, my small town gas stations and grocery stores never had them in stock. I only saw them at the occasional show or a trip to the LCS in the city that was 45 minutes away. It probably wasn't until 2016 or 2017 that I finally obtained a couple copies in some of the collections that I was buying. I had one of those two copies graded by CGC at this last year's National, and it came back as a 9.5. That one for sure will be staying in my collection for a long time. The second card isn't actually a card. It's a sticker, and it's the 1986 Topps Garbage Pail Kids Atom Bomb. It's the UK version. Now, the second series of the Garbage Pail Kids were the first ones that found their way into my collection as a kid. But I was kind of a dorky kid, and I didn't like how Rappin' Ron was making fun of the president, so I didn't buy too many at the time. Well, over the years, my appreciation for GPK grew, and I started seeking out the full run of the original series. Atom Bomb has become the signature card of the series. In the standard tops Series 1 version, it brings some pretty hefty prices. But Topps also released a smaller version of the Series 1 stickers in the UK in 1986, and they are much more affordable. I picked up this SGC 9 Atom Bomb from the UK version in 2022. Maybe someday I'll find a matching 1985 US version to pair with it. Next up is the 1986 Donruss Rated Rookie of Jose Canseco. As I mentioned earlier, I grew up in a small town and in our town we only had tops. In fact, I don't remember being able to buy anything from the other companies until at least 1988. So by the time that I learned about Jose and McGuire bashing up Oakland in 88 and 89, this card was already legendary to me. It was a grail that my friends and I only dreamed of owning. Just like the Griffey, I had to wait almost 30 years before I was finally able to add one to my PC. When you combine that sweet rated rookie logo and that sweet stash above jose's lip you get a card that i can't imagine letting go of the 1989 billy ripkin error card was the stuff of legends for me and my friends we couldn't believe there was a card with the f word right there for everyone to see not just that but it was even funnier that it was combined with face introduce a whole new playground term to throw around. The corrected black box version was the only one that I ever pulled from a pack, but I have since added the original error and a handful of other corrections such as the white out, the black scribble versions. This is one of those cards that is still in high demand. And speaking of cards that are still in high demand, The 1990 Bow Nose Baseball card is one of the most iconic cards of the Junk Wax era. I love that card, but I think I like the 1989 Score Football Update version even more. It isn't nearly as well known. It's from the first year of Score Football, and it still shows Bo with a bat and shoulder pads. I also like that it has a vertical orientation. Bo was one of my favorite athletes growing up. And this dual sport card is a great representation of what made him so awesome. It's card number 384S from the supplemental set if you want to track down your own copy. You can either find it in the box sets or on ComC or SportLots or someplace like that. Check it out. Trust me, you'll like it. Nolan Ryan was tough, and Robin Ventura found out just how tough he is when he decided to charge the mound against him on August 4th, 1993. Ryan took him head on and landed several shots before the scrum got all sorted out. Well, in my collection, I've got a broader card that came out a little while later and it does a great job of capturing the moment. And according to that card, there's only 15,000 of them printed. I have no idea if that number is accurate. These are broader cards. They were everywhere. It seemed like every show and every dealer had stacks and stacks of these types of cards but I picked up one of these in a collection, and I stuck that in my Nolan Ryan binder because it's one of those cards that just captures that moment perfectly. The 1993-94 Stadium Club Bean Team insert card of Mark Price also makes my list. I played basketball all through junior high and high school, and as a skinny guard, Mark Price was a player that I connected with. He was one of the first players that I sent a through-the-mail autograph request to, and I was thrilled when he returned the card, signed, and had a letter to go along with it. The Stadium Club Beam Team cards were some of the first premium inserts I was after, and I still pick them up when I see them tucked in show boxes. In the photo on this card, he's being guarded by another Junk era fan favorite, Muggsy Bogues, which makes the card even sweeter. The 1985 season was also my introduction to football, and in Central Illinois, the Bears were all the rage. And you could say I was a bit spoiled when my team won the Super Bowl in the very first season I was ever paying attention. Well, Richard Dent was one of the defensive monsters that I cheered for, and when I started collecting football cards in 1986, his Tops card was one that I kept in my special binder. Well, at some point in the months after the 1986 season, he made an autograph appearance at a local mall and I took my card for him to sign. He seemed larger than life to my 10 year old brain and I'll always remember that day. The story for the next card goes right along with Richard Dent and it's the 1986 Topps Bears team card. I love the shot of Walter Payton on this 1986 Bears card. When it came to the offensive side of the ball, Peyton was my favorite and Jim McMahon was a close second. But in my mind, Peyton hit every hole and he could score at will. This shot takes me back to those Sunday afternoons watching those Bears games with my dad. Peyton's got a lot of great cards with a lot of great shots in his career, but many of them are from the era that I would say precedes the junk wax era, from the late 70s and early 80s. And so if I'm thinking junk wax era, I'm thinking this 1986 ToPS team card is one of my favorite Peyton cards. We've made it to card number 10 and I can't complete this episode without talking about Michael Jordan. So I've picked out the 1989 Fleer Michael Jordan card. I didn't start collecting basketball cards until the 89 season. You could only find baseball, football, and the occasional garbage pail kids on the box of the shelves in my little town from 86 to 88. Like I said, we were tops only, and we were baseball and football only. It wasn't until 89 or 90 that basketball cards started showing up, and the first packs I ever bought were 1989 Fleer. And this card was the first Michael Jordan card I ever pulled from a pack. I still have that card. It is still tucked in the same binder that I had when I was a kid. I love the photo, and this design still holds a special place in my heart. Man, it was tough to limit myself to just 10 cards. There's so many great ones from this era. Maybe I'll have to build on this topic in some future episodes. If you want to see copies of all of these cards, go to waxpackhero.com because I've published a blog article that is pretty much the same as this podcast episode except I've included pictures of all of these cards that I've been talking about. I'd also love to hear what Junk Wax Era cards are your favorite. Do you have some that have special meaning to you? Do they bring back some memories of when you were a kid? Let me know. Respond in the blog. Respond to the podcast episode. Reach out to me on Twitter at TheMikeSummer. Send me an email at waxpackhero at gmail.com. Send me a message on Instagram or TikTok or threads at waxpackhero, Hero. And let me know some of your favorite cards from the Junk Wax Era. That is all I have for you today, so I'll catch you next time.